Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. Our souls test again this morning, Lord. Father, thank you for another day. Thank you, Lord, because this is the day that you have made. Lord, you will cause us to rejoice and be glad in today. Your word says that every time we see the sun rise and set, and that your ordinances, Lord, with the sun and moon and stars are not broken, you said your covenant with us is still in effect. And so, Father, we thank you this morning because as the sun rises, it is proof the Lord, you are still on the throne. <laughs> the devil has not won this battle. Ah, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. You are still on your throne and you reign in our lives. So this morning, we worship you as the King of Kings. We worship you as the Lord of Lords. We worship you as the God of the universe, as the one who created heaven and earth and everything in them. We worship you, Father, because you are worthy of glory. Be glorified, Jesus. Be glorified, Father. Be glorified, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. We ask as we fellowship this morning, Lord, you will speak to us once again. Grant us wisdom, understanding in your word, and let your name be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy ANEK. We continue reading the book of Luke. Yes, yesterday we stopped on chapter 17. Today we take two more chapters, chapters 18 and 19. 18 and 19 contains some of my most favorable parables yes my most favorable parable the parable of the persistent widow the parable of the of the servants jesus gave responsibility to the parable you know um that does speak so much about responsibility faithfulness working working hard you know jesus will pray for children the parable of the rich man so many wonderful parables i'm telling you today that speaks to different areas of our lives it will bless you let's read together this morning please get your bibles luke chapter 18 and 19 first one 18 the parable of the persistent widow one day jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up jesus intention when it comes to the subject of prayer or his teaching when it comes to the subject of prayer is that men ought to pray and not give up okay so in other words there is the place of persistence if prayer is going to be effective there has to be a place of persistence yes prayer has to be earnest it must be heartfelt but beyond being heartfelt okay many of us pray heartfelt prayer 
our prayers okay are are powerful they come straight from our hearts they enter the throne room of god however it lacks persistence persistence is not giving up jesus said no that men ought should pray and never give up he says there was a judge so he tells them or tries to illustrate this with this story there was a judge in a certain city he said who neither feared God nor cared about people. This judge does not fear God and does not care about people. So a widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. Hmm. With my enemy. I don't know who is her enemy, but the person is in trouble. Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while. But finally, he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people. But this woman is driving me crazy. <laughs> Since I am I'm going to see that she gets, she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Okay, so I'm not sure you can wear God's, God out with your constant requests. Okay, <laughs> but because that's not the intention of the story. But Jesus is trying to teach us here okay whatever it is you are asking god for has to mean so much to you that you are not willing to give it up yes this woman was not willing willing to give up this judge does not fear god does not fear man i can promise you that god cares about you okay and god will uphold his word okay so the judge or the the, the the court that you have come to, you have a better opportunity than this widow. Okay, so I my encouragement from this parable is to learn to be persistent, persistent in the place of prayer. Someone once asked me, asked me, what is the difference between being persistent and um, the warning on repetition that Jesus warned us about? Okay, so for those who do repetitious, repetitive prayer, okay, they just say one thing again and again and again and again and again and again and again, okay, thinking, I don't know, maybe that will wear God out or the number of times God hears it means it, he hears it better, okay, that's not the intention of prayer. Prayer is dynamic, prayer is fluid. Listen to God, listen to your heart. Okay, as long as that burden is still there, there is still that that thing there telling you that this has not been accomplished. Pray. Yes. Pray. Continue to ask God for that for that thing, however it leads you in your heart. Ask for it from different perspective. God will, the Holy Spirit will give you scriptures to pray with. I'm telling you. But men ought always to pray. He says, because she is wearing me out with her constant request. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't think God will... Sh- so don't think don't don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? You see that prayer this day and night, okay? So I'm not saying that every prayer point is going to require you to pray day and night, but whatever it is, when the Holy Spirit lays it on your heart that this is what you need to do, then pray that way. He says, chosen people will cry out to him day and night. Will he keep 
putting them off, I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? <laughs> Even Jesus said it. Okay, people give up too easily. Don't be don't be like that. Next, we look at the parable of the Pharisee and tax collector. Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. Whenever your prayer eh, includes I, 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 you should be very afraid. <laughs> now listen to this guy's prayers. He says, I thank you, God, that I am not like other people. <laughs> Cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. <laughs> I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my of my income. I, I give you my, I pay my tithes. See, but the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you this, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. Who do you think is praying among them? Okay, in the end, both of them are praying, right? But do you think God answers every prayer? Ah, you will be shocked, okay, that it is only the earnest, heartfelt prayer of a righteous person that avails much, that brings results. So Jesus wants us here out to pray. Justifying yourself before God will not get you anywhere. Your righteousness, however holy as you think you are, at best they are filled in rags before God. When you compare yourself with people, you are making a big mistake because what God will use to judge is not people, it is his word. And when God puts you beside his word, I'm telling you, you will amount to nothing. Your righteousness, please throw it aside. Stand under the righteousness of Jesus. Okay? Stand under the righteousness of Jesus. Number two. Okay, it can't be about you. It has to be about Jesus. It has to be about the finished work of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. If God looks at you from that premise, I'm telling you, God will answer you. But if God is looking at you, ah, Lord, I am beautiful. I am beautiful. Why don't I have a husband? Hey, give me a husband. Eh, you think getting a spouse is based on beauty? Ah, ah, you just made a big mistake. You think getting a job is because, ah, Lord, I am strong now. Look at these muscles. Eh? I have been working hard now. I have a two-one. I have a first class. Ah, Lord, no, it doesn't work that way. What does the word of God say about you getting married? What does the word of God say, you know, about you getting your job? Okay? That is on the premise on which you stand. Hallelujah. Jesus said, who do you think returned home justified? Just, definitely the tax collector and not the Pharisees. He says, says, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Did you hear that? Very important. Next, Jesus blesses the children. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering him. Then Jesus called for the children and said to the disciples, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them 
for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Every one of us receives the kingdom as a child. Okay, if you are not opening your heart, humble in faith, receive just like a child will receive from their parents. Okay, you are not ready to enter the kingdom. Next, the parable of the rich man, once a religious leader asked Jesus this question, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him, only God is truly good. Okay, and Jesus is right. On the earth, Jesus was a human being, was a man. Okay, so until, of course, when he will rise in his glory, yes, you will put him, take him back to the glory where he, 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 he gave up to become, to save man from sin. So at this point, Jesus is right to say, God is the only one who is good. He says, but to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Okay? You find, of course, these are part of what we call the Ten Commandments. But you'll find them in the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 20, Deuteronomy chapter 5. you find them there. The man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Because he had been properly well taught. However, Jesus noticed something. When Jesus had his answer, he said, There is still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come and follow me. <laughs> okay, I think is this man, I think this man is ready to follow Jesus. Okay. Okay, so the problem is not the to follow Jesus part. The problem is that first part of the treasure. Okay, wherever you look at it, it seems that that he valued his riches more than Jesus. Okay, so along the line, eh, just like Jesus wants, you want earlier, you cannot serve God and Mammon. Uh, he would have to choose who is more important to him. Of course, at this point, he chose. He told Jesus, eh, "My riches are more important. So they are more important than than following, coming to follow you." Okay, so that was the challenge here. So when Jesus told him, "Come and follow me," he says, "But when the man had this, he became very sad, for he was very rich." Okay, so when Jesus saw this, he said, "How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God." In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Rich, richness in the air is talking about somebody whose riches eh, has him trapped already, whose whole life is focused on their riches, not in being a blessing to others. When you have somebody like that, Jesus says, hmm, it is difficult. He says, those who had this said, then who... In the world can be saved. The problem was at this point, the Pharisees had made salvation about riches. You have to have money to buy to buy lamb now. You have to have money to be able to, to do the things you can, the sacrifices you can do in the temple. If you don't have those money, how are you going to be saved? Okay, so they asked Jesus, who can be saved? But the problem here with this man was because he loved his riches more than any other thing 
Jesus, they asked him who can be saved. He replied, what is impossible for people is possible with God. Peter said, we've left our homes to follow you. Yes, Jesus replied, because they gave up everything. And I assure you that everyone who has given up house or wife or brother or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will be repaid many times over in this life. Okay? So if he had given up his riches to be a blessing, bless the poor, bless people, you think he was going to become poor? No, Jesus was not poor. Yes, Jesus came to this world poor, but every time Jesus needed money, money showed up. And there were many people who blessed Jesus, okay, went with him and blessed it from blessed him from their purse, from their riches. Okay. So this man, the particular man, just loved his riches more than following Jesus. Okay. Jesus said, In this life, oh, they will be replayed many times over in this life and will have eternal life in the world to come. Very important. Okay. Choose Jesus above riches. That's my advice. Choose Jesus above riches. In the end, even in this life, you will be rich. Hallelujah. Next, Jesus again predicts his death. Taking the twelve disciples aside, Jesus said, Listen, we are going up to Jerusalem, where all the predictions of the prophet concerning the Son of Man will come true. He will be handed over to the Romans, and he will, he will be mocked. Okay, so Jesus spoke about his being mocked very early. He will be mocked treated shamefully and spit upon they will flog him with a whip and kill him but on the third day he will rise again since but they didn't understand any of this the significance of his words words was ill was hidden from them and they failed to grasp what he was talking he was talking about unless jesus heals the blind beggar Jesus, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked what was happening. They told him that Jesus the Nazarene was going by. Ah, so he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Notice how they announced who was going by and notice who he is calling for. He is not calling Jesus the Nazarene have mercy on me no he is shouting jesus son of david in other words uh, this man has some background knowledge and understanding he is shouting jesus son of david have mercy on me 39 be quiet the people in front yelled at him but he only shouted louder son of david have mercy on me when jesus had him he stopped and ordered that the man be brought to him as the man came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, he asked, I want to see. Jesus said, All right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see and he followed Jesus, praising God. And all who saw it praised God too. So this story has so much lessons to teach you. I'm telling you, to teach me too. You see, the first thing I take from this story is the fact that People will always be detractors. Yes, many people will want to stop you from following Jesus. I'm telling you, you better make up your mind that nothing in this world will be able to stop me. But notice that the very people that were trying to stop him from seeing Jesus were the very same people that ushered him into the presence of Jesus. Eh? <laughs> so you see those things that are trying to hinder you. God will use them as stepping stones 
for you uh, to shine in the future if you don't give up. Okay, so very important. Take note of that. Second thing I note, look at this man. He's coming to Jesus. Jesus can obviously see that he is blind. But notice that Jesus stopped for him and stopped for only him. Okay, so many times Jesus stopped for different different people. But everyone Jesus stopped for had one quality. That quality was faith. Whether it is the woman with the issue of blood, whether it is the, the centurion that sent people to Jesus and said, Master, don't bother to come. Don't worry. Um, just give the word there. Everyone who was able to stop Jesus moving, okay, stopped Jesus because they had faith. You want to move God? You want to move literally the heavens over you? Faith is essential. Yes, you must have faith. Have faith in God. Have faith in the person of God that he will do what he says he will do. And last, okay, so my last point to take, for, take from this story, Jesus walks up, he walks up to Jesus and then Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do for you? I don't know you about you. I'm sure there are people in the crowd who are wondering, is something wrong with this Jesus the, Naz- of Jesus the Nazarene? Is he blind? Can't you see that this man is blind? Yes. So Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Simply put, okay. The man could have said, Jesus, please don't heal my eyes. I need money. Give me cash. (laughs) Abby? Yes, now. (laughs) So, you must always know what it is. is drawing you, pushing you. Why are you following Jesus? Yes, that's my question to you. Why are you following Jesus? Are you following Jesus because just everyone is following him? Are you following Jesus because you have a revelation? Did you notice that that man had a personal revelation of Jesus? He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Okay? Very, very important. Why are you following Jesus? Are you just following the crowd? Very important that you must have a personal relationship with Jesus. Number two, because he knew why he was calling for Jesus, when Jesus asked him, straight he went for his sight that i might see ah my prayer for you is that it will be clear my prayer for myself this morning it will be clear to all of us why we are following jesus in the mighty name of jesus hallelujah all right let's move on to luke chapter 19 this one is also a very wonderful story the story of zacchaeus and jesus so jesus entered jericho and made his way through the town There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus. And I'm telling you, this guy must be a a master strategist. How did he know exactly where Jesus was going to take? Smart guy. He planned the route. eh? He knew exactly where Jesus was going to take. And so he ran ahead of the crowd. (laughs) You want to see Jesus? (laughs) Run, run, Run ahead of the crowd. Yes be strategic strategically place yourself in the place of prayer eh? strategically find your secret place to wait on the father i'm telling you you will see him he says when jesus came by he looked up at zacchaeus 
everyone who caused Jesus to stop oh, eh? they did it by faith your faith eh, must I think that's what I'm going to I'm going we are going to write on this morning your faith eh, must must be it doesn't have to be big remember Jesus said if you have faith as mo- small as a mustard seed you will move mountains your, that same faith eh, will, will cause God to stand still God will look at you See, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and said, and called him by name Zacchaeus. How did Jesus know his name? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. He said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Okay, we call this the spirit, the spirit of the spirit of, of, the, of the word of knowledge. Okay, knowing things that are before that you shouldn't know. Okay, so um, Jesus knew because the the gift of the holy spirit was at work here he says i must be a guest in your home today zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took jesus to his house in great excitement and joy but the people were displeased he has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner they grumbled meanwhile zacchaeus zacchaeus stood before the lord and said i will give half my wealth to the poor lord and if i have cheated people on their taxes i will give them back four times as much shouldn't the people be rejoicing ah everybody that had paid tax you are going to get everything that they, you paid that he cheated you over and he will be the one to let you know that ah sorry oh, i cheated you take times four ah, everybody should be dancing but they were grumbling he has gone home to be with a tax collector with a notorious sinner look at how they called zacchaeus but God is not looking at that. You see, every one of us in the eyes of God, eh? We, you and I, we are notorious sinners. <laughs> and so that's not what God is looking for. God is looking for people whose heart will draw towards him. That's all. That's all he's looking for. People's heart that are calling for God. That are saying, Lord, without you, I am nothing. Without you, I will amount to nothing. And that was what Zacchaeus' heart was calling for, that Jesus responded to. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Did you hear that? You were calling him a notorious sinner. Jesus is calling him a true son of Abraham. Hallelujah. It says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. That is why Jesus came, to save those who are lost. He didn't come to indulge indulge your, the, the kind of Christianity that you know, you are claiming that you understand. That's not why Jesus came. He came to save the lost. Amen. Next, we read about the parable of the ten servant. The crowd was listening to everything Jesus said. And because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told them a story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would begin right away. He said a noble, a noble was called, a noble man was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Before he left, he called together ten of his servants and divided among them ten pounds of silver, saying, "Invest this for me while I am gone." But his people hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, We do not want him to be our king. After he was crowned king, he returned and called in the servants to whom he had given the money. He wanted to find out what their profits were. The first servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made ten times the original amount. 
Well done, the, the, the king claimed. You are a good servant. You have been faithful with the little I entrusted to you. So you will be governor of ten cities as, you re, as your reward. The next servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made five times the original amount. Well done, the king said. You will be governor over five cities. But the third servant brought back only the original amount of money and said, Master, I eat your money and kept it safe. I was afraid because you are a hard man to deal with, taking what isn't yours and harvesting crops you didn't plant. You wicked servant, the king roared. Your own words condemn you. If you knew that I am a hard man, I would take what isn't mine and harvest crops I didn't plant. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have given some interest. I could have gotten some interest on it. Then turning to the others standing nearby, <laughs> some of them have not given their own account to. <laughs> the king ordered, "Take the money from this servant and give it to the one who has ten pounds." But master, they said, he already has ten pounds. Yes, the king replied, and to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. That is why you see that the rich gets richer and richer. Eh? Those who have talents tend to be the one to continue to shine and shine and shine. Yes, those who use well what they have been given eh, will have even more. Even more will be given. But from those who do nothing, even what little they, uh, they have will be taken away. And as for these enemies of mine who didn't want me to be their king, bring them in and execute them right here in front of me. So this parable is so, so many lessons. Okay, you can draw from this parable. Now, the first, remember that there are 10 servants, only three of them have given accounts. Not just remember that. That's one. Number Number two, okay. Only those who use what God has given them, okay, will end up being blessed. You must remember this this morning. Use what God has given to you. God is a just and righteous God. The two go together, okay? So God is also, he's a God of justice. He's also a God of righteousness. I know that we tend to be equitable. We would think that, ah, uh-uh, the person that has 10, why would you want to give him again? God does not see things that way. Those who use what they have been given eh, will have even more. Those who did not use, eh, that even one that he has, they collected it for me and gave it to the person that has. God does not do or see things the way human beings see them. Okay, so very, very important. I know that we would have thought, ah, they should have taken three or four from him so that he will have six and share the four. Okay, among the other people, so that there will be equity. <laughs> you know, God is a just and righteous God. The person that has ten deserves to enjoy his ten. Hallelujah. Let's go on. After telling this story, Jesus went on towards Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples. As he came to the town of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead. Go into that village over there, and uh, he told them, As you enter it, uh, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, Why are you untying that cot? Uh, just say the lord needs it the word of wisdom okay the gift of the word of wisdom is the one in action here jesus is telling them something that has not yet happened okay so they went and found the court just as jesus had said and 
sure enough as they were untying it the owner asked them why are you untying that coat and the disciples simply replied the lord needs it so they brought the coat to jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on as he rode along the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him when he reached the place where the road started down the mount of olives all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. As they are singing, I'm sure the Pharisees are afraid. Ah, this man has come to take our place. But Jesus just told them a parable of the ten. Eh? The kingdom of God is not happening right now. Eh? I'm going to go and then when I'm crowned king, I will eventually return. 38 blessings on the king who comes in the name of the lord peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven they were shouting since but some of the pharisees among the crowd said teacher rebuke your followers for saying things like that he replied if they keep if they kept quiet the stones along the road will burst into cheers hallelujah Next, Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. How I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it is too late, and peace is hidden from your eyes. Uh, before long, your enemies will build rampant against your walls and encircle you and close in on you from every side. They will crush you into the ground and your children with you. Your enemies, I will not leave a single stone in place because you did not recognize it when God visited. My prayer is that you will recognize when God visits you in the mighty name of Jesus. Eventually, this prediction will come to pass. All right, let's finish this. 45, then Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people selling animals for sacrifices. He said to them, the scripture declares, my temple will be a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. After that, he taught daily in the temple, but the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the other leaders of the people began planning how to kill him. But they could think of nothing because all the people hung on on every word he said. Hallelujah. As we go this morning, remember I said I was going to ask, why are you following Jesus this morning? Why are you following the master? Okay, it must be clear to you this morning. Are you serving God because you love God? Are you serving God just because everyone else is following? No, there has to be a clear reason this morning. This morning, I want you to say, Lord, I thank you for, my, for the gift of salvation. I thank you, Lord, because you saved me. I thank you, Lord, because you mean everything in the world to me. Lord, as I follow you, Lord, let everything be clearer. Lord, help me to be deeper in love with you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.